Hi, you're tuning into New Life Vietnam. Today's message by Pastor Lap is hearing and understanding from Romans chapter 10, verses 18 to 21. All right, good morning, church. Once again, welcome to New Life Fellowship, Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. And it's good to have uh, you, Jonathan, back. And, uh, and welcome, Mia. And uh, what a small word that uh, uh, Susan was your uh, teacher in primary school, right? Wow, praise the Lord. So you see that, um, you know, you, it's, it's about sowing the seed. It's about, you know, sc- uh, scatter the gospel seed. And you know, you never know that one day, uh, that someone will uh, will uh, surrender and tell their soul to Christ. So the heavenly rejoice, uh, the heavenly place rejoice. You know, even one uh, lost coin, lost sheep, and lost sons and 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 daughter uh, coming home. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now we continue with our series of the the book of Romans and chapter ten in the last uh, portion of chapter ten. And for to make connection to those of you who missed last Sunday message, uh, you still can go back to our. Uh, uh, if you receive the email, there will be a, a YouTube a live stream link, uh, and you can watch again. But I just want to make a connection, uh, telling a story, just kind of recap. You know, this planet Earth is like a prison. You know, Vietnam is like a prison. We all are in a way a prison ministry. My friend served in Tokyo, Japan. He served in a big, large prison. And, you know, and, uh, and so, uh, Jonathan, welcome back here. It's another prison, right? Whether this prison, another prison, it's just a different prison. So choose your prison, okay? And, um, and so uh, last week, I was at the opportunity, as usual, have a short family break. Uh, I was transferred to a, uh, you know, from a lowland prison to a highland prison, which is in Dalat. Uh, the only difference is that the, the weather of that prison and this, uh, this prison, in this city prison, is a lot cooler, right? But it's still prison. And so I have to, uh, I mean, it kind of brings me perspective as I have a morning walk about, you know, 5.45 a.m. around the lake, if those of you in Dalat. And kind of a misty morning. And as I, I walk about, I think, around the lake, maybe about 5 five kilometers, and, uh, and I just kind of enjoy my time with the Lord. And I know that, you know, it just kind of reflect on what life's purpose and meaning, right? And also I kind of uh, talk to myself and God, that's what is my calling, right? Sometimes as a pastor, if Jesus says you don't know, uh, as a group of pastors, my friend, we have to keep remind uh, what is our call because it's easy to be discouraged. It's easy to get uh, down uh, with life circumstances and so on. And so I encourage you, whatever the call that you, uh, you hear from God, uh, you just have to keep reminding yourself about what is the call. And even some wonder, ask yourself, why are you here in Ho Chi Minh City? Why are you in this such a time and place? Why this pandemic? Why, why you are still here? And just, just basically have a connection with the Lord and to make sense of our life, the, you know, the meanings and life purpose. We all have a general 
meaning and, and purpose that to know God and to make him known. But each of you will have a specific uh, a purpose and meaning for such a time as this in, in this land. And so I encourage you to spend time with the Lord, whether do the Bible reading plan or just quiet time, because it is, uh, it is important. It's like if you make time to go to work and your job description says you have work 9 to 5, and likely you can work 8 to 9 to 10 hours, make time for the Lord to put in your calendar. It has to become your habit and become an ethos. Because he thought is that is the is the habit embedded with belief. That's what you believe. If you do not uh, spend time with the Lord, reading His Word, uh, your e thought is it basically telling yourself, "Ah, God's Word is not that important. I have other important things to do." Right. So if you do not have time with the Lord and reading God's Word. Basically, you are saying to yourself, God's word is not that important to my life. Now, we're talking about reading the Logos, the, the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. But as you and I read, each of us, read, read, we read the same passage as we read the Bible they plan, right? Uh, but the rhema, each of us hear God's word for our personal circumstances, it comes alive. And that, that you hear the rhema. And the, the, the crucial thing about hearing the rhema is that you and I are responsible to react, to act, and respond. Because the rhema come alive, and if you and I do not, uh, do not take action, then basically we are both deceive ourselves and numb our heart. It's like, it's like you, it's like if those of you who are, you know, what, what, you know uh, using motorbike or driving the traffic in Ho Chi Minh City or big city in general, you see a lot of people pass the red line and they don't really care and almost like, you know, red is happy, happy, they just go. And, and because it, it's, uh, it is built in that they believe that's that red light not important, right? Uh, no police around, no camera around, you know. I, I, I only find guilty if I got caught, right? Uh, so, so because they don't believe in the rule of law and the order of law. And that's what actually become a habit, become a, an ethos. And so if you and I do the same, hearing the rhema of God and we say, uh, you know, another time. Then it will numb our heart and become our ethos and our, our ear become dull. That's why Sunday after Sunday sometimes it's become like, what is this all about, you know? The Sunday sermon after sermon, I hear that, I heard that, I've been there, I've done that. You get tired of hearing God's message and even reading God's word. You feel like, I have no energy to read God's words today. Because why? Because most of your energy was wasting away in other, other things instead of giving the best, the best energy, the best time for the word of God. And when you and I hear the rhema and that we decided already, this is another time, we disobey, we don't do it, our heart will be numb and our understanding will be minimized and almost become a people of no understanding. I was walking along, uh, you know, the, uh, the lake, and it kind of a nice morning, nice fresh air, in my good mood. And I, I kind of spot a, a young uh, lady's kind of, you know, uh, uh, kind of, a, uh, you know, bend down and, you know, basically give something, uh, put it down to the lake. And as I approached closer, and I, I saw she, you know, basically littering, put out the rubbish into the beautiful lake that the, uh, that the, the local authority that put a lot of uh, money to clean the lake, the, the, the Sung Hung Lake, the main lake in Dalat. 
And then I kind of was uh, stirred by the Spirit. Uh, and uh, it's part of uh, the education uh, uh, kind of inclination in me. I thought, okay, so I approached, I asked the young lady, say, can I ask you a question? Of course, in Vietnamese, local. And say, yes. I say, uh, why do you want to you know, throw the rubbish into a beautiful lake and not the, the, the bin out there? And she kind of like, oh, no, no, I'm feeding the fish. I say, the fish eat jackfruit and the plastic as well? And she's kind of, frankly, you know, wide open and say, ah, no, sorry, sorry. I say, oh, I just missed it. I say, no, that's the whole cup of plastic, then the plastic ball, then the jackfruit, the fish is jackfruit. And say, so, so, sorry, sorry, next time I don't do it. And say, the bin is just there. It's just about five meters, and, and why don't you just go over there? And then she's just kind of like, you know, really sorry. And I say, please, next time don't do it because this is a beautiful leg. Uh, you ride a nice motorbike, you dress nicely, and you're beautiful, and the leg is beautiful. Why do you do that? And she just say, sorry, uh, I will not do that again next time. And as I walk a bit further, and she tried try to run away because they got into trouble. Who is this guy? Because just for you, as you know, most of Vietnamese look at me, they know that I'm not Vietnamese. <laughs> I'm a fake Vietnamese. Anyway, so either they're Korean or Chinese or, or whatever, you know, not Vietnamese, right? And so as I walk around, it just dawned on me that actually, maybe because that whatever behind her culture, because she wants to feed the fish. Because her accent tells me that she is from, not from the city, uh, outside, maybe probably rural area. But the habit in rural area is that if you have a lake and you have fish, you go to feed the fish in the morning. Whatever the rubbish you throw in that, you know, is edible, including, uh, you know, the human waste. Some of the Mekong Delta, uh, you know, lake, you go there. Some of the, some of the they raise the fish pond by, you know, giving them some of the fish. Vietnam catfish almost uh, 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 entered the U.S. market big time. But because I think one of the species that is linked to kind of catfish that is somewhat, uh, you know, because the farmer feeding the catfish with the human waste. So I think if the U.S. find that out, they don't want to get that fish imported, right? So Vietnam lost a big uh, trade uh, deal with the U.S. on catfish because there's so variety of catfish, but the U.S. only takes certain part of uh, a catfish. So anyway, so it dawned on me and say, oh, maybe that's that's her, her upbringing because that basically it's a moment of, of of empathy and like, oh, maybe because that's the reason that is her. It's almost like her daily routine because she was sitting down, as I recall, you know, open the back and pull the slowly. It's not like throwing rubbish. So she might be right because she just tried to feed the fish. And so it, I enjoy her moment. It also, it, it also linked to me that there is also some sort of subtle belief that, you know, there are people every day, they go out, they want to do good works, including feeding the animals. Either they give food to the birds. I mean, some religion do that. Give to the fish. On a certain day, they release the fish. They buy, they buy the fish and the bird from the merchant. And they open the cage, the bird free. And they feel, oh, today I'm doing good things. And then they release the fish. And so that I can do good things. A lot of people today, and including Christians, that they think that they, if they do good works in this life, and they can save themselves from the eternal damnation. Even though many Christians come to church, but a lot of their thinking are basically Buddhists. 
because they're saying that, oh, if I do this thing, God must accept me. And if I keep doing this thing, God reject me. Why God rejected me? I'm angry with God because my life has been good. But that's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. And so, so it's kind of like a moment that I said, okay, uh, next time if I see someone around, then if I have a chance, I can engage a bit more, right? Uh, that because that's part of uh, the belief that sometimes people uh, believe that they have to do something every day, whether feed the bird, feed the fish, and, and they feel good about themselves. Now I wonder, I wonder, what, what are the things that you and I do each day that we can feel good about ourselves? I think the question will never have the right answer because the question is, is wrong. You have to ask yourself, it's not about you. What are the things that God calls me to do today? Why am I here? If I'm a, if I'm a school teacher, what am I, I, I teach, I, I, I do the job, I do my career for vocation professionally, but what, what is the meaning, what's the sense of that? It's like in millions of teachers around the world. As I walk around, also the, the, the farmer who just plant the seed and say, oh, when you're going to be harvest? Oh, three months time. So they need to wait. They need to wait. While of us, we just go to the supermarket and buy. They have to wait. And then if there is a, 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 a fog or misty rain with, you know, with, with salt, the whole uh, crop will be gone. And so they have to wait for three months, six months, depends on what the crop they are looking for. What are, what, are, what are the fruit that you and I look into our life that we see and bear fruit? In the, if you want an apple tree, you need to plant an apple seed. What, what are the spiritual fruit that you and I are looking to have in our life? Both for our spiritual edification and growth and for others to serve others as well. As a Christian, we live out, we follow Christ. The outcome of our lifestyle is already good, meaning that we're going to do good work naturally because we are bearing fruit. The apple tree will give apple fruit, and the fruit people will eat and enjoy. I wonder sometimes the not-yet-believers and non-believers, they, sometimes they, they don't like us. They don't like Christians. Because uh, as a non-believer, they see clearly what you talk and how you live. This is also sometimes make Christians so shy to share about the gospel because they know what they're going to share is not real. That's not what they are living, actually live. They, they, they know that they could just share like, like, you know, in theory. The difference between a Christian or whether you're a Christian teacher and other teacher, the teachers, you go to class. You can teach the subject. The school, the principal, the, uh, the student don't care about your personal life. And in fact, they should not because, you know, professional. They don't know oh, how you live. But as a Christian, you have, you know, you, you, can't, you can't just like, oh, that's, that's my profession, career, and this is how I live. It has to be in line. You teach the subject, but how you live, the student will know. So those of you in the, in the education and in school, you have a great spot there in terms of influence of, of, of generation, generation. You know, thinking about me, it's generation. 
And if you want to see the country change, it's obviously the people. It's obviously the people. When the country change, because the people change. So, so whatever the, the change, the, the push from the outside, whether it's political, whether it's, it's uh, you know, demonstration, democracy, and people today, even Christian, you know, say, oh, I'm pro-democracy, I'm pro-republic, I'm, I'm pro all of this. Why don't you just pro-Jesus? Why don't people just pro-Jesus and pro the kingdom of God? What, why are you here? That's a question I want to lay up before us. And as we read the text this morning, I want you to understand and hear what the word of the Lord has to say to you in a specific way in the rhema moment. As you all read the text. All right, let's just turn on to the Bible in Romans chapter 10 verse 18. Are you still with me? Romans chapter 10, verse 18. I'm reading out of the ESV version. Whatever version that you have uh, is fine. Verse 18. Uh, Just capture the verse 17, connect for us. Uh, So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the rhema, the word of Christ. Uh, as I explained, the, the English word only have the word. But the original Greek text will have the logos and the rhema. The logos more general and the rhema more specific. So hearing to the rhema of Christ. Verse 18, but I asked, Paul asked, basically he just raised the question. Have they not heard? Indeed they have. For their voices has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. Here, uh, Paul Quoting Psalm uh, 19, we just read this morning. And as you read this psalm, you go home and can read this psalm, you see that uh, Paul tried to link that even the, the, they, they hear the star, the galaxy, the universe that already that has gone out to the earth. It's so obvious. It's displayed in the sky. Thinking about the, the time that no electricity. Every night... Almost every night, if no rain, no cloud, you will see a few stars. You will, you will definitely know the sun. You will definitely know the moon. You will know the big star. You know the morning star. They know all of the thing in the sky. It's almost, you know, undeniable. It's evident. It's right in people's faith. They see the sea. They see the creature. They see the galaxy and all of that they must have one question who made those heaven and earth and the answer always go back there was someone who make it the creator and even the non-israelite they worship idols or little gods basically they worship Paul's talk in chapter one that they worship created being whether dogs or half lion half human or you know Egyptians create all kinds of idol because they think that that there will be some supreme power that control of their fate that's why they created idols to worship hopefully pleasing the ultimate supreme power of God of some kind. 
And so as, as God called out the Israelite, you may be my witness to other nations that you'd proclaim my name, the Lord Yahweh, God, so that other people will know that you are my people because you walk in my way under my word, my law, my commandment. This is the separated between those who know God and those who don't. And so the Jew was called out as, as a point group, a point man, that to be a, a, an example for other neighboring countries. As you read the Old Testament, you know that they stumble, they fumble, they fail, and God raised them again and cleared the enemy. God, God, God brought them to the enemy territory in ex- exile, and then they got brought them back, and so on and on. It's just, if you read the Old Testament, one theme keep occurring is that obedience, trust, obedience and trust. And, you know, because they disobey the Lord and they don't trust the Lord, therefore they have this consequence and so on and on. It's keep like in a circle. And you read, sometimes you feel like, wow, why these people didn't get it? Well, we didn't get it either. Sometimes we read God's word so many times and we hear God's word, but we did not understand. We did not get it. And therefore, we don't want to do it because it's just another word, another sermon, another message. And today with the internet, you know, sometimes one sermon on Sunday is not enough for you. You have to listen online. You go on of this. And you just find whatever the sermon that really, you know, can suit your heart. Because the thing is that not about soothing your heart. The thing is that some sometimes a difficult message or sermon is needed for you because that's what your stubbornness and stiff-neckedness, your hardening heart that you need to break through. At any moment in our life that we feel our life in a circle, it's likely that an area in our life that we disobey the Lord. It could be a habitual sin that you just keep repeating. The Proverbs have a, big, uh, have a very nasty graphic, like this, the dog eats its own vomit. When you and I sin, we keep repeating that sin because we just go back to that sin and eat the own vomit. We know that we hate that sin, but we just somehow just go back. If your life in Christ, in the day that you know Christ, it's, it's not like a straight line upward. Well, it can be up and down, up and down. But I hope there will be a not detour. They are not going back. You know, the reason that the Israelites spent 40 years of their life in the wilderness before they entered the promised land because of their disobedience and distrust in God's word. Next door, if you look at the map, just basically next door. But they just keep wandering because they don't trust the Lord. And therefore, the Lord let their natural death come. So all the generation die in the wilderness. Only the two group of people of faith, that Joshua and Caleb, enter the land. If this life is a prison, without Jesus, without the gospel, without God's word, some of us may just wandering for 40 years on this wilderness and never be able to enter the promised land. Any city, any rural, any place can be wilderness or promised land. If the gospel is the center of your life, 
you will enter God's promised land and you live out fully according to God's will and God's plan. I pray that none of us that hear God's words and just hear the word of Rhema of God and just let it go and not act on it because you will, to the point that you read Scripture, you no longer understand. The Jews, in this case, they read the Old Testament. They know exactly the prophecy. Jesus Christ claimed and proclaimed, and then he spoke, and he, he performed miracles, and he reminded them, and so many prophecies been fulfilled. They know in their heart it could be the prophet, but they, they just can't accept him because their heart was stony heart. They, they, they don't want to accept Jesus, and therefore it's hard to, for them to understand even the Old Testament, because Jesus is the key to unlock and reveal all the things that they used to know in the Old Testament, but they did not get it. So God opened the door to the Gentiles. So those who are not my people, I call my people. Those who, who are like barbarian, those, but I will accept them. I will let them come in. And they will, you suppose you and them will be, you know, rejoice together because the same family, but you have division and you, you hate them and they hate you and they, because they say the law is better. And then the Christ has to be the center that unites both the Jew and Gentiles. So that's the background. I remind you again, that's the background of of the book of Romans. Like today, that's why I encourage that every, every month, every week, we should have non-believer, not yet believer invited church because that's why, because we want to see that even they have simple questions, but we sometimes we never ask. We have a, a Bible study where one heart, there's one uh, student um, uh, of mine, and then, uh, you know, he asked, uh, just open the scripture and read, what is circumcision? Or the, the, the Christian never asked that. So you have the, the, the opportunity to explain what circumcision is. Even I think some Christians that have been so long, they don't even know what circumcision means uh, in the Bible. So do us, because the only way to, to understand is us. Those of you who are teachers and teaching in, Vietnamese, in, in the Vietnamese context here, I know your frustration because students here don't ask. <laughs> student here, you assume that they know or they assume that they know and they're at the end of the exam you see that they know nothing and you feel so frustrated because why didn't you ask? Because they feel like asking a question you appear stupid and that's, that's a shame and a guilt in, in some of our, I think either Southeast Asian culture or it's just Vietnamese culture that people don't ask they just try to guess to do it and then if it's wrong, then they just, you know, better to receive a score or something. Uh, but they don't want to ask and learn. So the teacher teaching in Vietnam in public school is very easy. You just go there and just say blah, 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 write them, get an exam, go home. Because they don't ask. If you are teachers in the West, you will be scrutinized. You become and say, they ask this and ask this and ask that. And you're kind of very tired. You have to prepare well, right? When you and I read God's word, do you hear the rhema of God? Do you understand it? Or you just read for the sake of reading? Are you still with me? Yes. But I ask, did Israel, did Israel not understand? 
First, Moses said, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation, I will make you angry. Talking about the Gentiles, non-Jewish, non-Israelite. Because, because you saw the heaven and earth, the message gone out, spoke to you. The rhema, that the end of the earth, wherever you go, you saw that. The promise to Abraham that your descendant will be like, you know, star in the sky and sand. But you don't believe that. And now for I let the Gentile come in so that you'll be jealous. It's like, it's like, it's like you know... Uh, if some of the parents have a biological children and say, I tell you do this and you don't do it, I feed you, I send you to school, no, no appreciation and just entitlement and demanding and suddenly adopt in a new kid, uh, you know, and come in and disobedience and follow the instruction and study well, all of that. And the kid, biological kids, really got jealous. Why all mom and dad favor the adopted kid more than the, you know, your, you, I'm, I'm your own kid? So it's the feeling of the Jews like that. Why you let the Gentiles come in? They were our enemy. They killed us. They oppressed us. They took our land. They exiled us. And now you let them come in? This is why Jesus said the, the most hardest command is love your enemy. For the contact is to love the Romans, to love the Greek, to love all the people who oppress them. Think about that. Think about that Jesus tell the Jews that you have to love the Romans. You have to love that one, love your enemy. In fact, actually you Jews, you were my enemies. <laughs> because you were enemies, because you disobedient people, contrary people. You, 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 your ear was dull and you listened, but you don't understand. And you even uh, you understood, but you don't do it. And that was the harsh message to the Jews. And the Gentile probably sitting, yeah, you see, yeah, you know, you see. But that's later in chapter 11, Paul will address the Gentile, okay? Now, then Isaiah, so he quote again, Then Isaiah is so bold to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me. I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me. The Gentile never asked for God. Where is God? Who is God? Like the Egyptian king, the Pharaoh, Who is the Lord that I let you go into the wilderness and worship Him? So the Lord show who He is by the ten plagues. And then to the point of peace, okay, 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 go, 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 go. Because all the Egyptian firstborn was struck dead in the middle of the night. But then across his heart, numb again. That's to say, okay, maybe I still want to chase the Israelite across, across the Red Sea. And you know the story, it was buried down and all dead. And so here... They said that I've been found by those who did not seek me. I have shown to myself to those who did not ask for me. But of Israel, he said, all day long, all day long, I have held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. All day long. Because God kind of longing for, for His chosen people, Jews, to return. And, but they are disobedient People and contrary, God say turn right, they turn left. God say do this, they do that. Have you found yourself sometimes you hear very clearly a specific rhema command God? Love your neighbor, love your enemy, forgive them as you have been forgiven, and yet you say another time. 
maybe next year. Well, if God comes back today, you will be whole responsible, you and I. So you and I must be ready to be a people of obedient people and not disobedient people. The people that who in line with God's word and not contrary to God's word. Now, to be fair, you said, but I don't know what is God's word. Then read God's word. But I don't understand God's word. Well, then first open your heart and say, Lord, whatever we read here, I read here, I will obey. Because obedience will open our understanding, not the other way around. In our intellectual pursuit, whether we go university, high school, university, uh, postgraduate, uh, PhD, or post-PhD, the pursuit, the intellectual pursuit is that we need to understand it first before we do. That's our uh, Greek civilization and westernization of education. We must understand things before we do. But the Bible, biblical worldview, that this is the truth, the way, and the life. Obey and you will understand the other way around. If the Bible said that you shall not commit adultery, nobody say, let's find out. You know, let's us try first to see if what, why God put this command. Well, you know, I have a, I married, have a wife, but maybe, you know, other woman, maybe let's try first. And see, and that I will put in the lab and test how painful the soul of my wife and my uh, ex-girlfriend and then another wife say, first I try first and then I will put in the data and, and analyze. That's, 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 that's the world uh, approach. The Bible said, that's what your command, I obey. As I obey, I said, no, I understand. Why? Because I see that my friend, they don't have that command. They got de- to divorce. And they, the children uh, fought, they broke they broken heart, they got stress, they got, you know, even, you know, become depression. And you see all around because people did not obey God's command because they want understanding first before obeying. But the Bible tells us this is the way, the truth. And if you really believe, that's called believe, if you really believe God's word is true, then you obey. Then you understand. Then you, oh, I, now I get it. Now I get it. Because the Jew have the word of life, meaning the Bible, Old Testament. They will never be able to understand about the passage in Isaiah, uh, that about suffering servant, about, about the coming Messiah, because they did not obey, even though they're under the law, but they not do it by faith. They do it by ritual. Say, I just do it. I don't really believe it, but I just do it. And then when the Messiah came, they missed the point because they did not obey in the first place. They did not trust the Lord in the first place. And throughout the exodus in, uh, out of Egypt into the wilderness, into the promised land, and they kept repeating the same sin, very simple sin, idolatry, immorality. And injustices, just the three I. If you want to summarize the Old Testament, that they fall into three I. That first, idolatry, they reject God. Then they commit uh, adultery or immorality. And then the next one, out of immorality and idolatry, they commit injustices. As you review and examine your life, if there's certain things in our life that we do not quite understand God's word, 
And we are in the circle because there is some area in our life with disobedience or contrary to the Lord's word. Are you still with me? Let me summarize uh, just three points this morning. Number one, hearings always imply obeying. When you hear the rhema, when you read the logos, if something that really you know that God speaks to you and you feel your heart beat, when you, your heart can say amen, or you can say another time, because hearing always implies obeying. Deuteronomy chapter 6, Shema, O Israel, mean hear, O Israel. Because it's important, the first command, the, 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 the most important thing, hear, O Israel, hear. Our hearing will likely to determine a lot of things in our life. What you have been hearing. You know, uh, psychology speaking, each of us have so-called the inner voice. There are some voices that are speaking to us. Even though temptation comes, we know that, Lord, we're not supposed to rule this. But maybe we just do it. That there's some struggle inside of us. The inner voice. What voice, which voice that you are hearing? Number two. Did they not understand, talking about specifically about the Jews, but extended also for the Gentile, the Christian for us? When you read God's Word, sometimes it doesn't, you know, take us, you know, rocket scientists, and you, you have to analyze. So it's just plain. Do you understand that? If you do, if you do, then obey. But as I said, Understanding is the outcome of obeying. Certain things you don't know yet, but you say, Lord, this is what you say, then I do it. I will do it. And then I begin to understand why the Lord has that command for us. The reason that you and I are sitting here or watching online, because somebody obeyed the command, being Andrew to you, Share the good news. Share Jesus. Not just one, I believe. One, two, three, four. Over a course of months or years. And then you come to your heart kind of melted and surrender before the Lord and say, Lord, you are my Savior. You are my God. Your salvation, never take it for granted because somebody took an extra mile to share the good news. So it is your turn to be an Andrew. I know sometimes we feel a bit lazy or, you know, we, if this light is all about us, we don't want to do that. But I tell you, if this light is all about us, we are still in the prison. And actually, we're in prison, but we just don't do prison ministry, meaning preaching hope, preaching the good news, the gospel. My friend, if we literally go into the jail every week, just basically offering the hope in Christ so that even that... that a prison center about another decade, 10 years. But when you go out, you have hope. And even you don't need to go out. You're right in the cell, a confined cell, that, that, that you have hope right there. You and I are living in a very large prison. You can almost go up north and south. You do your daily mundane things and you do pretty much everything. If your life... Is not a gospel center. If your purpose and your career, your profession, your vocation is not gospel center, you and I are still stuck at the prison. Declare, I am a prisoner. 
Christ came to release the prisoner. And both literally meaning is also figuratively meaning that relieve it from the prisoner of sin of the soul, being slave to sin, but that becomes slave to Christ, Christ's righteousness. We were once all slave of sin. Christ came to relieve us. So children, you go to school, right? You think that your parents say force you to go to school. And I wish that I can escape this prison, right? And go homework. Well, I have a good news for you. You escape that prison, you go another larger one, which is your work. You go to work. Your boss will tell you what to do. You have a job description. You, you're going to sign agreement that you're going to do this job. You don't do it, then you got punishment. It's always carrot and stick. It's always that you get do this, you get a carrot. If you don't do this, you got punishment. This is the social structure throughout ages since the day of the fall. It's Genesis chapter 3. And if you and I will keep doing that without being the gospel center, which means that our role to speak the name and to speak the gospel, did they, did they hear us and they, uh, they respond? Well, some will respond, some will not. But that's not our problem. Our problem if we don't speak the name, we don't share the gospel because we just keep it at just another day in prison. Another day in prison. This time I set a timer, so it's 40. So it's uh, 35 minutes. Um, and um, I want to bring it close uh, to number, point number three. The direction of our life relies on our hearing and understanding of the rhema of Christ. As you reflect on the question, what are you, what are, why are you here? What are, what, are, what are you right now doing? Think about what are you going to do in the next, maybe some of you say, or you don't think about the next 10 years. Maybe you say, what about the next three years? What are you going to do about the next three years? The direction that you are in right now, is the rhema you hear from God, or is just you make up your own stuff? That's very foundational, that my sheep hear my voice. If you do not hear God's voice on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis, you're wandering in multiple directions. And you feel like you're so tired with life direction. This direction. You feel like you got caught in, a, in the Ho Chi Minh City traffic. You don't know where to turn left. Even there's red light, green light, yellow light, you know, orange light, all kinds of light. And you people just go everywhere. I'm just, maybe just a few of you, I guess, right now you're just wondering about direction of your life. What are you going to do in the next three years, five years, ten years, until my last breath? I pray and I hope that as we read the Bible reading plan, it's just not reading the Logos, but then Rhema come alive. And you hear God's word. And you say, Lord, this is what I heard. Let me read on. Lord, I want to surrender and I want to obey. Then the understanding will come. This is why the difference between people who read Bible Day after day, year after year, and in a circle. It's called cyclic understanding. Which means that I've been there, I've done that, uh, I, uh, maybe another time. But those who have a spiral upward understanding, because they obey, let's say Ten Commandments, obey one, two, and then they, they will begin to understand more. They begin to understand more. It's a spiral upward. So each year, each of us is supposed to get a deeper understanding of God's Word because we obey 
the rhema, the logos, the word of Christ. So go home and examine yourself. Is your life will be up, down, but it's progress. Or it's been up, back, detour, back, detour. Or it's just like, you know, it's just like going around, around in a circle. And you can sing a circle of life. And some Christians really like that song. Theologically speaking, that song is, is not theologically correct. It's there's no circle of life. You're going to go this way. And then when physical death comes, the first death, you will face the second death. That's the eternal death, in eternal punishment, or eternal life. There's no circle of life. You will not become a worm or another, another animal that a lot of us wish that we not become the COVID-19 virus. There's no circle of life. There's the beginning that God created. The fall. The downfall of men, the disobedience of men. And throughout, you read the Bible, you see the disobedience of men. And the people in the book of churches, they need a leader, but also the leader fell. And that's why they need a, oh, well, I want a king. I said, King Saul, right, you want a king? We give you a king. And then David, and David, and then Solomon. Solomon, the wisest man on earth, but his wisdom did not turn into character. Then he fell again with concubine. And the Bible tells us that 800 concubine and 300 wives, how can you handle that? Your mind go crazy. And that's why he worshipped all the idols of his concubine, his wife, worship. His, his heart, the Bible says, led astray because he'd been pulled and pushed by political desire to establish you know, stability in his kingdom and sexual desire and many other desires that being pulled, pushed corner and his broken and messed up. I pray that our life on this planet earth and life in which we not being shattered and broken by the worry and concern of a thing of this world. We all know that we need food to eat, but the Lord will provide. If you can survive with one bowl of rice, with a soya sauce or a salt, or a loaf of bread and water, you have nothing to worry about because the Lord will provide just a loaf of bread. I don't know about your background, but as Vietnam, we've been through war with that. Not because that we are good, not because that we are superior, but it's just that we experience the worst, at least in the context of the war. And so, as I, I always say, Lord, if anything that, you know, fall down, the economic crisis, I'm going to just, you know, content with a bowl of white rice. If no soya salt, then nuk mum, then fish. Then I survive. I mean, the human body just can survive with that, with some water. So why are you anxious and downcast, my soul? Because you have so many things to concern about. The direction of your life relies pretty much on what you hear God's Word, how you understand it. And you have to check, are you willing to obey it? There's certain word that you say, Lord, I wish that I don't read that word. That's why you skip that passage you don't want to read. Especially one, love your enemy, love your enemy. That you will skip, no, no, no. Next, next. Love the Romans, next, you know. Let us spend a five minutes of reflection.
the question I put it there, have you been hearing and understanding the rhema of Christ? What, what are the word of Christ? What are the specific rhema that you have heard from the Lord in the last two, three weeks or even now?
Thank you for your grace. Oh, thank you for the good news, the gospel that we all have received by faith. And we are saved by your grace to our faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, O oh Lord. But Lord, as we receive and hear the good news, because someone speaks the good news, spoke the good news to us, and therefore we receive. And Lord, how then will people call on you, your name, if they have not heard, if they have not believed? And how they to believe in you in whom they never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching, speaking, sharing about the good news? How are they to preach unless they are sent? And Lord, we are not here a passive Christ follower. And after the Sunday service, we go back to our business as usual. But Lord, help us to be fishers of men, a business unusual. And Lord, we are the sent, not something special agent. We are the sent. Because we are the one who call on the name of the Lord and that was we got saved. And there are millions of people around us, whether on, online or on-site or people in the place, our neighbor, probably never heard about the name of Jesus and does the only name has the power to save. What we are afraid of, what we are fear, what, what, what is our fear, what are we afraid? I pray for those who even dare not to share their own story, how they got saved. It is better for them to say I'm not a Christian I don't believe in Christ and I'm just a non-believer not just to claim themselves as a Christian and not even dare to share about how they got saved and Lord I pray for those who are struggling and fear that people rejection when they share Jesus I pray that the fear to be gone away I pray that maybe someone will deny them because they're Christian or losing their job or no more the business if they don't act the Christian way and no more no contract. Uh, I pray that those who are even that's so afraid that they have to yield to the demand of the company to work on Sunday and then no day of rest and they feel that if they don't obey that, they will lose their job. I pray for the concern and the worry of where is the food the next meal, where is the next month payment and so on. I pray that Lord, that you will render the peace of Christ and look at the cross. You were at the Garden of Gethsemane. You sweat, you cry, not because that you worry about the next meal or because you worry about the disciple. They're not on their knee praying because the hour is coming. They were sleeping. They're not awake spiritually. They they just in their own trespasses and they just worry about their own sin you pray for Peter you pray for disciple that even at the crucifixion that their heart will not melt away because the oppression their, their faith will continue to strengthen and after the resurrection 
Lord, they're going to be jump alive and they, they, they sing hallelujah. But instead, we saw that they went back to business as usual. Do fishing. And you appeal to them at the, at the lake and the sea, at the sea, lake of, the sea of Galilee. And they, you, you, you prepare a breakfast meal and you say, now on, we fishers of men. Go therefore and make disciples of our nation. Spread out the good news. Let us go. But Lord, let us hear and understand first the rhema of Christ. Lord, let us not harden our heart. If we hear one thing, let us do one thing. If we hear two things, let us do two things. We thank you, Lord, that you have been gracious to us. As we see the sunrise, we know your mercy new every day. Not so that so not that so that we can abuse it, but so that we can have another opportunity to speak the name. To live out the name. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that you and your family are encouraged by this message. Join us next time and do click the follow button on our profile page to stay up to date with the latest message. God bless you.